Okay, so now we just need an intro. Uh, something like... Friendly sparring with Leo and Joe's. Friendly sparring. The friendliest sparring with Leo and Joe's. Friendly sparring. That's it. Ah, all right, cool. Let's start the show. Yep. Welcome to the Friendly Sparring Podcast. The podcast where two guys monkey around. My name is Leo. I'm joined by my guest host. My guest host. <laughs> yeah, I'm a guest. Yeah, my world. guest host, Juice. Uh, and for our our patrons, pa- for the for the for the Patreon listeners, specifically the Peggy Knuckles tier, which is most yeah. of them. This is a. I put up a monkey when I said monkeying around, so. Right. I'm happy I was able to dad joke juice. Which explains uh, why laughing. I was laughing so hard at like two guys monkeying around. <laughs> yeah. Uh, just so you guys know, I got this from a drink last night uh, at a bar because I did some pretty mm. fun things last night. Um, Which sort of neatly segues into talking about what you wanted to talk about. Yeah, neatly segues. Uh, well, last night I went to um, the Largo to see uh, Ben Schwartz perform improv, yes. which if you haven't seen him perform improv, mm. it's the seed. But guess what else is the other seed? What? Eugene Cordero performing with him as well. Oh, <laughs> yes, dude. dude. And I forgot the guy, Nick something. Uh, he's on the other two. Um, but it was, a three, it was a three-man uh, improv team. And it was the he's best He's on the thing. show, the other two? Yeah, the show's called the show's called the other two. Um, and I can't, he's the, he's the other guy, I, Nick something. Hold on, I feel bad. Drew Drew Tarver, I know. Drew Tarver, thank two. you. That's it. Yeah. Oh wait, was is Nick his character? No, I, I don't know why I said Nick. It's Drew. Yeah, say, Drew, Drew Tarver is very fucking funny, and he's yeah. on the other two. So it was those three guys, yeah. and uh, just an hour long set of was this guy great? Yes. Yeah. Okay. A phenomenal improv, uh, and I couldn't have been happier. It had been almost three years since I've seen improv live and about six or seven years, maybe longer since I had seen Ben Schwartz. And uh, it was just, just a treat. I know know everyone was enjoying the fights. I got to enjoy them this morning, but uh, I mean, it was pretty wild. And, um, and then the night before that I went to go see Slipknot, which uh, our patrons can see. I got this nice gash on my uh, eyebrow. Um, You're hard uh, now. Yeah, I'm hardcore. Uh, yeah. It was bleeding uh, at the concert. Uh, and I was like, I, I heard when I got hit, I was like, OK, this hurts a little bit. And then, like, as I was walking out of the out of the pit, like the blood was here and everyone was like, oh, my God, like everyone was like looking at me like, oh, my God. And then when I finally got to my party, they were like, dude, you're bleeding. And I was like, oh, shit, really? And then I like looked at it and then I was like, oh, OK, it's not that bad. It's like a little it was a little tiny gash. So um, you think a little COVID got in there? Maybe. I mean, guess we'll find out in two to three weeks. So, (laughs) two to three weeks. We'll find out in two to three weeks. No, but uh, uh, yeah, but it was it was such a fun experience. We snuck into the pit. Um, it was great. I would recommend that for everyone. Uh, just in the sense of like, I mean, I went into the actual mosh pit itself, like obviously as that's where I got my cut. Um, but going into the actual pit area, you there's so much room. So I recommend it for everyone to do. But um. What do you think uh, about mosh pit etiquette, Leo? Hey, this man, is a, this is a hot topic. 
it's a hot topic right now. I know what just happened at uh, at Astro World specifically, and uh, people are calling uh, people are calling out Travis Scott and and a bunch of stuff. And there's a don't get me wrong. I don't know if necessarily I'm trying to figure out when the death specifically happened. It looks like a lot of people were trampled uh, just from the rush of like going to merch and things like that. But then there's also stories of uh, people injecting drugs into like people's necks, like so, just randomly. So I'm like, okay, wow. So I don't know yeah. enough about this story. Yeah, it's getting weirder, weirder and weirder. And what's happening is, is everyone's like, everyone needs to sue Travis Scott. And I was like, that's a little bit tough. Like, I, I could kind of see how you could possibly lose. I mean, other than the how he could possibly lose but other than like i don't know like it's not really his fault but i guess the idea that a lot of people are saying that he didn't stop his show or that he didn't know that people had died at his show um which is still which if you think about it is kind of weird if eight mm. people died in one area at the same at, around the same time yeah by the and remember if you look there's a lot of stuff. It's a very, a lot of stuff needs to get sifted out. Here's why. If you look at the footage of all the trampling that's happening for the merch, it's like one or two in the afternoon. Travis, if Travis Scott is the headliner or playing later, like he's way, he's after way, that. way, way later. So I'm trying to figure out when exactly these deaths happen. And if this thing is called Astro World and it's just him, then okay, but part of me feels like it's not just a him performance. I feel like there was other people, other rappers and stuff like that that were at this event. I need to look f- further into it, but mm-hmm. like I said, it, now the number is like 14, I think, uh, of people that have died, like including like a, a 10-year-old kid. Like there's, It's a really, really sad s- circumstance. So I don't really know if it's like to comment on mosh etiquette at this point, especially considering the fact that, you know, I went to a very like – you know, metal show. Now, granted, it's not the most hardcore metal there is. Um, I I know that. Um, and certainly a lot of people who listen to metal know that. But the etiquette normally at, at metal shows specifically or mosh shows uh, when it comes to pits, specifically circle pits, there's a very specific thing to it. Um, really, it's just a bunch of people running around shoving each other. Not in a way that you would think is like to start something, but to kind of push the energy along. Um, yeah. And when anyone falls, it's a quick you know, two seconds, everyone's trying to help that person up to keep the flow going, to keep the momentum going. So that's what's so strange about the concept of mosh etiquette being the responsibility of this. And I, like I said, there's too many deaths. There's too much time between stuff. It's just a little, it's just a little, it's a little foggy for me. Cause like I said, if eight people died, when did they die? How fast did it happen? Like the notice notification, like, yeah. Like, it's weird. It's just weird. The whole situation is weird. And I don't know. It was, um, it's a, I feel very bad for anyone who ever goes to a show and is hoping to see a show and dies. Yeah, so 100%. that is, I mean, we're expecting like, to die. Yeah, exactly. Just like anything else. I mean, but that one, like, you know, it just kind of puts a damper on like any performer or anything like that. And, I don't know. I, I get the idea that Travis Scott has the power to stop shows and, and, and all, all performers do, but I'm, I'm very, very incredibly curious to see how big, because there was 50,000 people there. So don't get me wrong. Like uh, other bands have great amounts of, um, of fans and stuff like that, but 
uh, and you see videos like Dave Grohl being like, hey, don't fight. And all the all these other yeah. people saying, like, don't fight, don't fight. But with 50,000 people, you know, the your line of view of like where you can see, I mean, like where Dave Grohl that that show that Dave Grohl was at of where that like how big that pit area was, was maybe like six thousand to seven thousand people. Uh, maybe maybe more than that like whatever but i just mean as far as like your your view like your line of view yeah of like how you can see it like developing as it's happening it, you know past ten thousand, it uh it starts to get a little hazy so we have no idea if it happened like in the moment or whatever so th- there's a lot of different things to question so jumping down travis scott's throat to say like sue him and everything it's like it's i mean I don't think as an intention of an artist, you have an intention to kill people, especially an artist like that. It's, it's, you know, like metal kind of, kind of gets this bad rap for the idea of, of aggression of the aggression mm-hmm. part of it. And don't get me wrong. I think some rap has a lot of aggression in it as well, but I don't know, just it's pandemonium. It's just, it's excitement and pandemonium. It's the same thing of the concept of like more aggressive fans of like, the Beatles or uh, Michael <laughs> Jackson. It's the like, you know what I mean? Like, remember when Michael Jackson would come out and somebody, people would faint? And so, I just mean like, yeah. I don't mean that they're, they're at the like, Travis Scott is as big as those two. I just mean that pandemonium has t- took took over a lot of things. It shut shut streets down, shut stuff. So when pandemonium happens, uh, fandemonium, I guess uh-huh. uh, you could say. Um, in a more aggressive fashion and people just don't care about, you know, that stuff, it, it can get pretty aggressive. So I feel really bad for all these family members and, and, and for everyone that had to just the idea of wanting to go to a show and then being, having that happen was, was, yeah, not so great. Awful. So, so whether it was in the mosh pit or it was in the pit or anything like that, I mean, we, everybody knows etiquette is not about that stuff. So we got to figure out when these things happen. Um, like I said, it just, I don't know. Like I said, even, even like musically, it doesn't make any sense. Right. Like, yeah. let's say if a song came on, right. And maybe they push forward or, or people in the front getting crushed. But even then, like that is the artist, a lot, a lot of artists you go to, they'll say, Hey, back off the barricade, take steps back. You know, that's that. If, right. it, if any of them happen there, then that's probably going to be on Travis for that one. But if if none of them happen there, then I don't know. Like I said, there's some weird shit. The this okay, like trampling. I was like, okay, that sounds scary. Injecting drugs into people. Hey man, yeah, what? That's premeditated. Like that's. It's also like, who would control. expect that? Yeah. <laughs> like who could who could ever possibly be like, oh, I'm gonna go to a concert. Someone's gonna uh, fucking kill me with strychnine. Cool, great. You know, like <laughs> there, it's not. Not the business. This is supposed so. to be tech nine, not strict nine. Oh, oh shit. Where's uh, the when's the rock rapping? Oh. <laughs> and on that um horrible note. Yeah, on that horrible note, let's get to these fucking amazing fights and violence. Dude, I swear to God, every single fight was awesome. So what we're gonna do, ladies and gentlemen, we're gonna recap every single fight. It's also because we fucking have the time because there weren't a lot of questions but you know what i'm saying anyway i just could we just couldn't pick one prelim each so we just got to talk about now we're going to talk about most of them we don't really need to do go in depth on a lot of these but um opening opening fight of the night Odie osborne versus cj vergara what did you think about that fight leo amazing talk about amazing didn't watch it. <laughs> okay for me i was just happy to see Odie osborne get the w again uh you know get back in the win column rather 
Um, I think that's his first UFC win. I think all his UFC uh, fights have been losses to this point. And uh, like I said, I told the story in the podcast before when I was at uh, UFC 265 with Isha. Sat behind, we sat behind um, uh, some of his friends or family or people, people that felt like they knew him and they were like super pumped. Either way, they traveled from like they were clearly like, you know, I think he fights out of Wisconsin. They were clearly like Wisconsin people from Milwaukee specifically. And uh, they came came down. They were like, oh, you know, big up O'Day. And then he fucking lost. Maybe sad as fuck. And now I'm always going to root for him based on that. Oh, shit. No. Technical issues. We're okay. All right. He's I just about water bottle falling. Anyway, dude. <laughs> I was just happy to, to see O'Day get the W. Um did you see the next fight? Uh, Melsic Bogdasarian versus Bruno Souza? I think I, I was able to watch the third round. Sorry, I, I was helping um, our friend Kevin record um, nice. uh, auditions. So uh, Very I important think and I, very time sensitive. Yeah, very time sensitive. Uh, yeah. I pushed it. I, I think I got in at the Justin, uh, Dustin uh, Jacoby, John Allen. I, 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 nice. I watched a little bit of the uh, Bruno Souza one, but... Well, that was, I mean, it was, it was a pretty like fun technical striking battle. Otherwise not really noteworthy. So we can start with the, with the Dustin uh, Jacoby fight. I'm really hyped on this guy, Dustin Jacoby, the kickboxing pedigree that he comes with. Um, He's exciting and a light heavyweight that can go three rounds and not gas and put on that kind of performance is the most exciting thing to watch. Yeah, exactly. It's not, there's no way to get around that. Um, you know, some divisions just have these weird, interesting gas tanks, uh, and then the light heavyweight division is one of them. That yeah, it's certainly not as bad as heavyweight, but you <clears> see <throat> it happen with some light heavyweights too, and you're like, bro, yeah. what you doing? Yeah, what you doing at the second round, huh? Why are you breathing <laughs> so damn hard? Uh, but uh, and then yeah. his uh, Brazilian opponent, John Allen. That was the funniest thing to me. I got to look further into it because I know, like, I posted something about it, and and the homie Smokey J, who is back. It was love lovely it. to see on the timeline. Yeah, I love to see he it. He was like, uh, yeah, Johnny Walker too. And I, and I remember looking into it once and I couldn't remember. So I didn't, re- um, I didn't respond, but like Johnny Walker, isn't his real name. <laughs> and I forget mm-hmm. what is. And then someone, someone was like, oh yeah, John Lineker too. And so I just pulled up John Lineker's Wikipedia and it's like John Lineker, Dos Santos de Pablo. Like he has like a whole other thing. I'm like, okay, yeah, so Brazilian, but uh, John Allen, <laughs> super, super not Brazilian, which is interesting to me. Anyway, he lost. Yeah, lost the decision to your boy uh, Dustin Jacoby. Yeah, um, and then, dude, this next guys, fight, this is where shit starts to pick the fuck up. Starts to fucking get real. Okay, right first of all, when it was starting to feel real. Right. Let's just talk about, you know, Chris Barnett walking to the fucking. Uh, I mean, sorry, walking. I apologize. Dancing, dancing to the fucking uh, ring, uh to the octagon uh such a great guy so happy so amazing and guess what guys when you throw spinning shit sometimes it pays off and it paid off big time for him beautiful oh by the way great technique on it too like mm-hmm. it was a i mean i i part of me wants to say like it didn't hit the target perfectly but at the same time the fact that it hit the target is amazing so just yeah god what a beautiful uh the the torque on it the fact that he's five nine and was able to hit john volante in the head who's fucking six three or four probably like he's big guy 
motherfucker that was so made me so happy dude and if you guys haven't already checked out you got to go check out rhino's interview with him from last week dude the guy is just a ball of energy he's so fun he's so wholesome he's hilarious too and it was so funny too like rhino always asks a food question mm-hmm. um and it's always like, you know, after the fight's done, after the weight cut's done, like you're, you can eat whatever you want. Like, what are you going to go gorge on? And they're in New York City. And uh, long-time listeners of this podcast will know, I think New York City is one of the most overrated fucking cities in the world. That's fair. But the food yeah. is the best in a, like, bar none. Like, the, some of the best restaurants in the I, entire world are in Yeah, there. I will tell you, I, when, when, I, when we went to New York that one time uh, during that time we were there for your wedding, um we were gonna go to like some whatever restaurant and then our parties got separated and then me and Kayla were just strolling around like trying to find a place and we strolled uh we found a, a Michelin star restaurant uh yeah that just was stumbled like, upon it yeah, yeah just stumbled upon it um it, it was like uh it wasn't super expensive at all either and it was amazing amazing Chinese food and I, amazing, I was like right? cool like what are the exactly. odds so they're always right now ask um chris barnett that question i guess his girl was in the room and she was like no we're going to white castle and pizza which i'm like okay if you haven't had new york pizza that's like you know bucket list you got to crash that off you know new york pizza is different than yeah, any sabaro, pizza. yeah. if you guys have sabaro stop don't fucking do with the sabaro's thing dude but like that's <laughs> fast food like was, but it, it also made me happy at the same time that it was just like it's kind of like innocent you know what i mean like oh we just yeah white of course yeah it's not it's not anything super unique but i mean i don't know Man, if I was a fighter, that's what I would honestly, the more I think about it, man, any city I fought in, I'd be like, well, that's so funny that you say that after I'm done, I'd be like, I'm going to the fucking nicest restaurant or like somewhere that has the best reviews. I'm going there immediately. I don't care. I mean, when we were in Vegas for 213, we were at a a restaurant in uh, New York, New York, and we saw fucking Zach Cumming was there with his girl, like. They go out to nice. I mean, that wasn't like super nice, but it was a nice restaurant, a casino. (laughs) He was like, yeah, White Castle and pizza. And dude, he gets on the mic, and this is John's not hometown. John's a Long Island guy. This is New York City, so it's different, but it's very much local. Right. By the way, I I, I didn't even notice. I don't know if they showed on the broadcast or if I missed it, but uh, I was checking to see because I watched um Chris Barnett's post fight scrum, and he talked about how he he picked a New York song to dance to, and that that's what got the crowd inside because he thought he was gonna be like the, you know. Uh, like whatever the opposite of the hometown favorite is like he was, that was going to get booed because he's fighting their guy. Mm-hmm. Um, he's going to pick the New York song. So shout out to MMA junkie. They do a, a piece every, um, every, every fight card. That's like fight score or something like that. that like literally says the walkout tracks. Uh, Chris did like a Ghostface killer song, which was awesome. John Volante walked out to down Easter Alexa from Billy Joel. It's like a long Island guy. Did I swear to God. I was listening to that the other day and it's a song, not a song of his that I regularly listen to. Like it just came up on shuffle and it's like about a guy, like if you, if you look at the lyrics, like it's like, it's about a guy who is like trying to provide for his family and everything. Like I was like, dude, it was getting me in the feels when I realized that after what Chris Barnett said, where he's like, he just had a new baby. He's got, he's got coaching football. Like, dude, I legit was getting choked up. Uh, I was so, I was already like buzzing from the win i was like yeah dude that fucking knockout and then he hit me with that i was just like oh he's such an amazing guy dude yeah and, and the and the post-fight celebration i mean the flip dude the, he called it the fat man from flip in the it was great the, he said he thinks he can actually like stick the landing land on his feet but the fact that people love the thing he's like no i, I love the sit the, down on it it was great sit down on it. uh oh, yeah so big fan of that 
can't uh, can't be mad at that guy and love love his energy, love everything about him. Um, I can't wait to see him fight again. Yeah. Now I also can't to, wait to see Ian Gary. Yeah, uh, man. Um, great, great knockout. I mean, Jordan Williams was hanging in there for a bit uh, and actually was giving Ian Gary a lot of problems. Um, and like, you know, this is a problem of a lot of uh, white people. Uh, but, you know, when they get hit like yeah. one or two times, yeah, like their yeah, faces, super his Irish, nose super was pasty. so, his face was so red. But um, I mean. But also, let's talk about the herpes on his lip. Yeah, that's what everyone keeps <laughs> yeah, saying. Someone cold said cold. it was like a rash or something, but I was like, yeah, well, definitely a fucking pussy rash. Yeah, it, <laughs> it looked yeah, it looked like a cold sore, which is like kind of a type of herpes. But like it reminded me of the fucking I wish I had the I don't know if a, a meme of this exists. I'm sure it's somewhere out there or someone can make it, but there was this season of a uh, flavor of love that show on VH1 where Flavor Flav was looking for a fucking wife or whatever the fuck. Mm-hmm. <laughs> one, one of the girls had a little had a little cold or whatever and there i, I want to say there was a, there was two other girls there who were there who were twins like for some reason he brought mm-hmm. twins on as well like and, and i don't know if they were competing separately like i forget how that dynamic worked but one of them was like what's up with that harpy on your lip <laughs> and they talked about it for like <laughs> it was it was like the focus of almost like one whole episode <laughs> um... I, and i just kept thinking about that when ian gary was fine i was like What's up with that herpes on your lip? <laughs> he really, um, he really slipped that. He really countered nicely. It was, it was on on yeah. the back end of a perfect counter. Like, yeah, uh, Jordan Williams was was kind of throwing, um, throwing his punches out there one at a time, and then within the last like minute, he started doing like two, and then just on a miss on the miss on the second one, Ian Gary just slipped out of the way and just popped him perfectly, knocked him right the fuck down. And it just, it just seemed like Jordan Williams, also Gordon Williams, it, just, it seemed like Jordan Williams wasn't really respecting him. He's like, okay, here's this young kid, 7-0. and Like, I'm the guy that's fought in the UFC. I had a hard road to get here. Like, let me show this kid what's up. And like you said, he I don't think he was giving a ton of problems. I just think he was, like, landing more than Ian Gary probably wanted. Like, mm-hmm. he hit him with a couple times. I felt like he maybe even, like, not really rocked Ian Gary, but he caught him, like, snapped his head back a little bit. And I was like, okay, we got ourselves a fight. But the dude, he was overreaching. He was overextending, and then Ian Gary, like you said, pull counter, knocked him yeah, right the fuck out. Got him perfectly down, and 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 Ian Gary on the mic uh, needs a little bit of work. I mean, he's okay. He just needs more um, fire, a little bit more fire to him. I think he's like too, a little bit too proper. Uh, don't yeah. get me wrong. I think I think he speaks well. Uh, I just think that uh, to I mean, you know, not a lot of people could be like Dan Hooker or. Um, just any of shit even um chris barnett yeah chris barnett exactly so you guys you just gotta have to like have this thing and he was just too like saying i think he was just saying too many things yeah i think it was just he just was so happy to be there and he just kept talking and he did the he he, he referenced the connor line which i thought like people were talking about because i missed that part live i watched it this morning just to see because people were talking about it i don't think he was like imitating him so much as he was just like referencing it because he was like yeah oh, no he doesn't wasn't... irishman just once said and i was like bro be your own person like you have this opportunity and what's crazy about that is like he understands and i he was on he was in the studio with ariel this week and that's why i said like he's he's well spoken and he he does have that fire um he talked about like connor was kind of his inspiration to to start training or whatever he's like oh, i can do that like this guy's whatever but then he knew that he didn't want to train at SBG, which is like, 
so glad you had the foresight because you would have fucking not made it here if that's where you went. Um, Great smarts. Yeah, he went to literally went to see Sanford in um, Florida with Henry Hoofs and those guys. Good choice. Anyway, he's got a bright future. Um, but, but shout out to Ben Kiley's tweet for making it on the broadcast. Our our friend Ben Kiley. Yeah. Uh, next up was that Edmund Shabazian, Nasruddin, and Rob. This fight made me so hard. I gotta tell you, I fucking was like, Ugh. before before Gagey Chandler happened, like this was my fight of the night. I was like, yes, kill that motherfucker. Yeah. I had my best tweet of the night. I was like, Edmund Shabazian must have a choke fetish because he's not not going to sleep with any of these these chokes. Those were tight they sure Dude, were. he was strangling the fuck out of him and edmund was like is that all you got <laughs> like dude and respect much respect turns out to, it wasn't all he had because yeah it turns out well nesterine was like oh wait a minute i'm not just a submission guy let me knock this motherfucker out dude hitting uh nesterine apologizing afterwards was so fucking wholesome he was just like i'm sorry man like like the the translator came on after he was talking in french and he was like yeah i had to apologize to my opponent but uh you know this is this is a business this is how we do it and then like uh shabazian came by and then like you could just see him be like hey man i'm, I'm sorry i'm sorry i beat you up <laughs> well i love when that happens to like glover apologizing to anthony smith during the fight when oh yeah he was the fucking one of the worst stoppages anyway yeah, but uh, good on you, Mama. Shout out to Glover I, I, for being in the corner for. Is that the next fight, the Alex Pereira fight? No, no, I'm sorry, it's the Phil Haas, oh, uh, Chris, yeah, Sean Strickland, Curtis. Yeah, yeah. but Sean Strickland, Curtis. Uh, dude, I didn't, I didn't notice Sean Strickland in his corner until you, until you said that. Um, Chris Curtis trains at Syndicate with Roxy. Like Roxy was posting on her IG all week, like "Let's go, Curtis!" Like all this stuff. So when you said Sean Strickland is in the car, I was like, "What? Sean's a Syndicate?" <laughs> Like Uh-oh. that doesn't bode well. <laughs> well, I mean, well, we'll talk about that in a little bit. Yeah, we'll we'll no, we'll talk about it in a little bit. But... <sighs> anyway, Phil uh, Haas kind of fixed Phil his Haas, hair a little bit. Not really. really He's just kind of balding back there. Just just <laughs> take take the blonde away, dude. Like, yeah, I think you saw love... blonde Brunson. It was like, oh yeah, it looks that. good. Look, man, Wesley Snipes. You know what I mean? Like, we get it. Wesley Snipes and Demolition Man. We all want to be him. I get it. But when you're balding like that a little bit, just don't. I mean, it was definitely better than the last thing. Yeah. Like last like, time he legit had a spiral, almost like it was on purpose. Crop like he's like, let me carve some fucking yeah, crop circle, like fucking Naruto symbol in the back of his head. Very strange. Uh, but uh, Phil Hawes had almost another uh, Shane Burgos moment. It felt it looked a little like that, uh, where like the reaction to him getting oh, hit was a little delay. bit late. Kind uh, of the delay. Yeah. I mean, not not as bad. Obviously, the Shane Burgos one yeah. was like really strange. But this yeah. one, like you, I could see like it looked like uh Chris Curtis's hit, the first hit like moved him. And then like I guess the second one did a little bit, but then uh it didn't look like Chris pushed him at all, and then Phil just kind of started moving and then literally fell into the ground. Mm-hmm. Um, so I mean he definitely was compromised and was wobbly, so. Yeah, Phil Hawes looked pretty good, though, at the beginning. And then, like they said, it, it looked like uh, Chris Curtis was going to be losing that fight and then just changed it on a dime. And you know who didn't change it on a dime? Fucking Bobby Green, because he just kept putting the pressure dude, on Dude, I was so happy about this fight, dude. And I was I was, saying, I was, I was, texting with Rhino. We were, we we're not really talking shit, but like a little friendly rivalry. He was like, I would love Bobby to win, but I think Al's going to wrestle fuck him. And I was like, no, you don't understand. Like, Bobby Green has, like, hella good takedown defense. 
Al has been out of the game for a few years. He's a bad knee. He's not going to wrestle. I just, I, I was so confident, but I didn't want to tell him that I didn't want to fight about it. Like, I was just like, Oh, let's just wait and see Bobby green piece that motherfucker up. And then I was watching with Kate at the bar. I like, I, we've been talking about this fight for a couple of weeks. People asked about it. And I was like, Oh yeah, I'm really hyped for this prelim. I love both guys. I forgot that Al is a fucking fat shaming piece of shit. Uh, my, my wife reminded me when we were at the bar and I was like, Oh yeah. Fuck Ally Quinta. Let's go Bobby green. And then, yeah, dude. Right then, knocked him the fuck out. Knocked him the fuck out. And honestly, like, Bobby Green's like with his beard shave and the little, the the designs he does, I love it. I can't get enough Bobby Green. Yeah, and neither could Al Quinta. Al Quinta got too much. Well, Bobby yeah, he Green. got too much. But yeah, he got too much Bobby Green. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, I didn't. I didn't actually watch this next fight. Uh, I was. I was driving to the Largo at this point. Um, I heard it was uh, pretty gnarly, though. Oh, you didn't know it? Okay, well, let me just sum it up for you. Uh, Alex Pereira won. I'm not going to talk about it. <laughs> just kidding. No, he's he's good. And uh, I just, uh, I've been really downplaying this guy <laughs> because he's the guy that knocked out Izzy in kickboxing and all the fucking trolls that hate Izzy always like post the, the fucking clip of him getting knocked out or the screenshot. And it's like, Oh, here's the guy. It's like, hey, man. I mean, what we saw is a guy who, honestly, fair play to him. Like, it was a, it was a great debut because he overcame a little bit of adversity. Like, the whole thing with it, with kickboxers coming in is like, can they handle the ground game? Can they do mm-hmm. whatever? He was able to survive. Like, Andreas kind of got him down. He popped back up. He was able to defend some takedowns, reverse some positions. So, I mean, he wasn't ever going to be, like, in an offensive grappling, you know, uh, scenario, like any sort of that kind of scramble but basically once uh i think it was the second round Pereira hit him with a jump knee fucking lights out it was it was lethal dude mm-hmm. um the, the guy has his nickname poetan it means like heavy hands or it could mean like stone hands mm-hmm. which is weird because like john lineker's nickname is like hands of stone i feel like i feel like saying heavy hands is better because it's not gimmick infringement I guess. Yeah. Um, no, no need to do the gimmick in friends. So I, I hope, uh, I hope they give him uh, a really tough test to get to Izzy. That's all I have to say, because if they, if he does end up fighting Izzy in the cage, I will be shitting bricks and I will fucking go mental on the timeline. And none of you want that. So you yeah, should all no. be praying with me that Alex Pereira does not get the fucking strikers delight treatment. Right. Doesn't get the Greg Hardy <laughs> treatment. Let's keep going. Uh <laughs> Bro, imagine if he did get the Greg Hardy. Like, imagine if they just like signed a bunch of people to fight Alex Pereira. So then he's like, he's on a five-five win streak. <laughs> like, fighting cans, fighting fucking cans, dude. Uh, ladies and gentlemen. Oh Oof, boy. Fight, okay, dude. I don't know. I don't know how anyone could ever. It was goodness gracious, ladies and gentlemen. I mean, it was so violent and Gaethje had me worried from the beginning too dude he was like dipping his head yeah and Michael Chandler was like timing that I was like why are you doing that Gaethje what the fuck it was like not something he ever really does and it even kind of like he wobbled him in the first round like there's a slight case for maybe Michael Chandler even winning the first round I honestly can't remember how the fight went because it was all just violence then Gaethje took over bro 
Chandler, for some reason, like halfway through the third round, decided he just wants a moral victory and like wanted to put on a show. He was like, yeah, come on. Yeah, that was how tough he is by eating all the shots. That's fine. But like, you know, it's very similar to how Justin Gaethje can be whenever he takes shots. But at like the 45 second mark, whenever he was like calling for the crowd, like, yeah, come on. I was like, I mean, you lost. I know you lost the five. Like you still got 45, four seconds. But uh, yeah, Justin Gaethje was rocking the fuck out of Michael Chandler that entire time. The second round, he was good God. I mean, they both were they both were fucking each other up pretty bad. But it just shows you how fucking sharp Justin Gaethje's goddamn fists are, because Michael yeah. Chandler's face looked like a fucking oh minced God. meat. Like Jesus, but it you was violence too. Yeah, it was Ooh. violence on violence on violence, ladies and gentlemen. I mean, like. I, I mean, round one could probably go down for round of the year because uh, yeah. it was so a violent back and forth. Like at the end of it, I was like, this is about to get finished um, in the last like 12 and last uh, like 20 seconds. I was like, oh, this is about to one of them is about to win. Uh, but it was just a constant back and forth between the two of them. So um, good on both of them for delivering and for setting up the rest of the car to be extra hyper violent. Absolutely, uh, bro. Because what came next was even more violence as well, like more calculated, less uh, yeah. less bombs, but it was still, additional violence. Yeah, still these. I mean, Shane Burgos and Billy Quant, uh, Billy Q, Billy Q, yeah, Quarantillo, Quarantillo, um, just technical violence one hundred and one. You know, some of the so there were some bombs in there, but they were throwing fisty cuffs back yeah. and forth at each other um and i mean in the in the second round um billy was uh was rocked pretty hard um and then you know uh, i don't know man Sh- shane burgos never was really that rocks he just kind of got gassed in the third but uh but shane had um had billy on the on the ropes a pretty good amount of the time uh in the second and third round uh but those both those guys fucking came to bang and it was really banging i mean i pay to watch that privately you know what i mean <laughs> yeah uh, yeah it up on cam soda you know what i mean yeah i love it um anyway uh but good on uh shane for for hanging in there and uh billy for his i mean his stock went up <laughs> so yeah i don't think anyone so thinks Billy him, him and michael fighter, chandler's stock like, went up like both of them even yeah. though they lost like showing entertainment entertaining fights like you know what's next for for Chandler now, you know, you know, I'm sure we have questions about that, but I still want to see Chandler versus Islam, dude. Cause like for years, uh, Michael Chandler talked about how, um, his wrestling could um, be a problem for Habib and like, we never got to see that. And I feel like that's, yeah, that's the way that's the way to go. All right. Uh, do you have anything else to say about the Shane Burgos Billy Q? Absolutely zero. It was, it was violent entertainment. Let's, let's move on. Let's, Sadly, move on. Um, so Frank Yeager uh, and Marlon Vera. Uh, listen, Frankie, uh, did pretty good. I'll say, in fairness, two, yeah. better than I thought. I yeah, still think, and we might talk about this later. I don't think anyone asked it, but I certainly asked this question to a couple of podcasts. Like, I think, and I, and I was talking, I was texting with T Cross as well. That's what I was talking about. Frank Yeager needs to retire. Like, he's just, he's been doing it so long. Like, you've got nothing to prove. Everyone in your division is like these young lions, just, just fucking. I don't want to see. I don't want to see him take any more damage, dude. Yeah, like, but um, but good on him. I mean, like his yeah. uh, 
his ground game was really good. And yeah, I think well, like that, I was said, actually, that fight went to the scorecards. I'm not sure it would have gone Cheeto's way. Yeah. And the, and the weird part about it for me too, is um, uh, I think that's, uh, everyone was like, why did he flip off Frank Yeager? I think the fact that Frankie wasn't put away early was what was pissing Marlon off. Well, that's like he, he asked him in the, uh, in the post, in the post fight, uh, interview, he was just like, Listen, I got nothing but respect for him. Like I'm a martial artist, but when we get in here, it's a fist fight, and it's my family or yours, and I I value my family more. So he's just he's just passionate. He's just like you know, hey, fuck you, whatever. Like I don't think there's any like real beef. I don't think like I put this out there like Cheetah's my boy, and like some people were saying like, hey, if you flow off Frank Yeager, like you're on the fucking shit list or whatever. And I was like, yeah, maybe, but like, it's, well, like I it's said, in the moment, the weird part, yeah, it's definitely in the moment, but like I said, definitely I, I fix really your think... shorts, but what the fuck? yeah. That fucking tag was so. I was like, "Did you cut it? Like, did we?" I for I was texting Juice while I was watching it this morning, and I was like, "Hey, he's just like us. He doesn't cut the tags off of his clothes sometimes." And then it turns out I looked. I was like, "It showed a replay," and I was like, "It's just the tag from the underwear. Cut that shit." Yeah, it's not even like Kamara Usman had the same style of short that John Jones always has to have the slit up the side. I don't know if they do that on their own or whatever, mm-hmm. but like it's up the side. You stop at a you leave like this much fabric. You have a couple of inches of fabric from from the waistband to where the cut is. He fucking went straight to the not only to the waistband. (laughs) He he made more like there's like a whole section cut out, and his fucking underwear was at like just he had like tidy whitey style fucking underwear. And like bro, Camaro, not only did he cut it and leave room, he was wearing like you know bicycle shorts or whatever like this spandex fucking. Which is what you're supposed to do. Cheetah's like, no, nah, just my underwear. Yeah, <laughs> no, I'm just, yeah, just underwear, my, dude. Yeah, just my tantras, as they say. Uh, but anyway, uh, yeah, I had a fucking CVS receipt hanging out of his goddamn fucking <laughs> shorts. Like, good God. I, I like the whole time I was like, why is that? Anyway, I'm surprised they didn't mention it. But anyway, um, I guess I, re- I really think, I really think Marlon was actually, I really think he was pissed off that Frankie wasn't gone. Like, I really think, like, I haven't, I don't think, like I said, I don't think it has anything to do with Frankie at all. I just think it has to do with Marlon being like, why aren't you fucking, like, very knocking possible. Yeah. Like, yeah. Why, why am I not knocking you out? Why? Because, because, you know, what's worse is that, you know, Marlon's case to fight, um, uh, Sean, Sean O'Malley. Yeah. O'Malley. They just fought recently. Yeah. Again, the second time. They've already fought twice or once? No, once. The, that yeah. was the, the that Sean's only loss when um right Chido because of the because of the whole right. So you know, Marlon's um uh stock it, it, as far as like fighting Sean again, which is probably going to happen at some point because obviously everybody wants that one back. You know what I mean? Like when you when Corey Sandhagen does what what he does to Frankie, it's just like it makes you look like you know, it's Frank Yeager and you're not winning granted, like the best way until you fucking kick him in the face. And Oh my God, the pictures that are coming out on Twitter are just so gross of like Frankie's face, like looking like Homer, looking Simpson. like so, Howard, the duck. So crazy. I think just, made the Homer Simpson me, but like someone was pointing to make him look like Howard, the duck. And I was like, that's yep. it. Yeah. It was pretty intense. So good on Marlon for that, that kick. Uh, I kind of understand Frankie's, um, you know, fight against the you know the calling it like being questionable but yeah he was pretty wobbly at the afterwards so well that's what i was thinking about too like in the moment i was like hey man weird stoppage and i even tweeted that out some people were coming for me like they like to do um but like he fell forward he initially 
and I was texting T Cross after that. It's like he was stumbling around, and I was like, "Yeah, it just it felt quick, but it was the right call." Yeah, of, of course. Um, so on to our co-main event of the evening, ladies and gentlemen. This was great. I mean, just a spectacular showing from both ladies. Uh, I mean, Whaley had a pretty good moment of success, like knocking Rose back, but Rose recovered pretty quickly in the second round uh, whenever that happened. Um, and the second that Rose got the takedown in the fifth round, I was like, okay, cool. Rose won. Like I just knew. Yeah. And then, same. and then I started to think in my head, I was like, where, where's their ground gate? Where's their, uh, do, do either of them practice jujitsu? Like at all? Like there was something about the, them not kind of moving position I think they're both so good that it kind of canceled out because Rose is a black belt. Like she definitely yeah. practices jujitsu. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. She got just, a lot of just... like a lot of her early uh, wins in Invicta. She would throw like flying triangles, flying arm bars, fucking uh, a couple of her wins on the ultimate fighter where we were naked choke. She fucking hmm. choked Michelle Watterson out, who's Michelle's not a black belt, but even though she's called like the karate hottie, she built her MMA game around jujitsu. Like she's got a lot of submission wins as well. Um yeah, Rose is a good grappler. Hmm. Like people yeah, are I guess. About, I mean, maybe, I guess, and I guess, and I, I assume Whaley is too. But it's it seemed like Whaley was, just, I don't know, just just kind of st- staying stagnant at the at the on the on the ground that entire time. Like in the fifth round specifically, um, she just wasn't able to give an answer to to Rose to get back up. Um, yeah. So they both had a good top game. Like when when Rose was on bottom, it seemed like she wasn't wasn't able to get out. Mm-hmm. That that was interesting to me. Honestly, there's a lot of points in this fight where I was nervous, and um, I was critical of the booking of this fight, and I think I was rightfully so. Um, just like immediate title rematches, not a fan of it. Carla has been waiting, like she needs her shot, and now it's kind of like it held up the division with this rematch. And fucking, I think Whaley proved why it was warranted because. Like if, if Rose had finished her again, even if it was like second round, third round, it would have been like, okay, Rose just has her number. But mm-hmm. Whaley proved like, no, I was kind of nervous from the booing or whatever, or I just got caught. And they're like, maybe a combination of both. Like those are the two best draw weights in the world right now. Yeah, that there's no doubt about it. Amazing display of technique, I thought, from from both ladies. I really was like in awe towards the end. I was just like, dude, Whaley's so good. Yeah, yeah, it was uh, it was a good... Uh, it was a good back. It was a good back and forth fight. It was very technical. It was very, very good. Um, yeah, just I mean, yeah, I say it was just a good back and forth. And yeah, I, I for one, I'm glad that Rose is still the champion, just because I did not, I did not want a trilogy. Trilogy. Dude. That's yeah. the fucking. That was the last thing I wanted. It was mm-hmm. like, let's do a trilogy. No, don't, don't do that. Yeah, I guess we're gonna have to wait and see. They're probably gonna do a trilogy think. anyway. Shut up. Just because. Uh, no. Uh, now, oh, moving on to the uh, main event of the evening. Um, this was a, a builder fight. Uh, like as far as like uh, the first round was kind of slow. Like I was like they were feeling each other out. But like in the second round, once the once the two knockdowns happened from Kamaru, that's when the fight started to go like, oh shit. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Answer me this question, Leo. Did you think Colby had a better performance in this fight or in their first fight? I think in this fight. Really? Why? Yeah. Um, because, because I think in the fourth and fifth round, he was showing some pretty good promise and rocked 
Rock Kumaro pretty well. Um, I think this had uh, when you were talking, I what came into my head whenever uh, I was when we were in the fifth round and everything started going. I remember you saying that that two has uh, you know, part two of this fight has an, uh, has an ability to become like a, a classic, and I, I think it will be a classic, uh, especially because like I said, it was not similar to the uh, Piotr Jan like Corey Sandhagen of like you know, kind of eventually Colby would have won. But in that sense, like it started to feel like they started to become more evenly matched um, towards the, the fifth round. Kind of. But I mean, but obviously Kumaro still having the number, but it just, it just felt like there was still like anything could happen um, as opposed to a lot of people want to say that it would, could have been dominant on Kumaro's part, but I, I mean, he was rocked a pretty good amount of times. And, you know, uh, DC kept saying on the, on the broadcast, like, I'm pretty sure that was a takedown, uh, but yeah. they were saying like there wasn't enough control. And I was like, listen, I mean, I get it. But part of me was like, is it like knee down or like, is it the full, I think it's the full, like on your butt. So. Well, even I, someone posted a clip because people were like really debating this. Like, let's, uh, let's figure out whether or not Colby got a takedown on Kamaro. Oh, after so losing. Yeah. Anyway, Laura Sanko was interviewing Kamaro in the back and he was like, I think he got that takedown. Like, I think that counts. Uh-huh. So it's funny even like dc said might be kamaro said i think like <laughs> you know what i mean it's all very like subjective still but, kind of well i mean except it happened and then later in the broadcast after uh colby threw another shoot and then it said uh 10 for 10 takedown uh defense uh for for kamaro well, this is yeah the stats was like no that wasn't a takedown but dc was like mm, i think you know wrestling rules or whatever but there's already some fucking debate about that anyway, because the fight that has the record for the most takedowns was uh, is Habib Nurmagomedov versus Abel Trujillo. He got, I think, to either 20 or 21, some was somewhere in the 20s, mm-hmm. right? DC himself and uh, Michael Chiesa as well, who's a big wrestling guy, are like, well, he got about three takedowns and 17 mat returns. Like, uh. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, there are already there's there's debate about the states, the stats or whatever. So that to me is all asinine. Um, mm. Obviously, if I was the competitor, I'd be, I'd be, you know, serious about it. And Kamaro gave him his due. I think that's all that matters. For yeah. me, I did not think Colby had a better performance this fight. I don't understand that narrative at all. Hmm. The first fight was, well, the only reason that Colby got a better performance is like, yeah, okay, he he rocked Kamaro that one time, or maybe it was more than one. I think it was just the one that I remember anyway. And he might've got the one takedown. Other than that, it was completely dominant by Kamaro, in my opinion. The first fight was back and forth to where I was like, okay, maybe Kamaro does need to finish. I mean, for me, it was two and two going into the fourth. I know there was like, they kept talking about this, the judges, how like one of them had a three to one. The other one had a one to three, like, you know, both guys, whatever I had it two to two and I had Kamara winning the fifth. So it was just that button of getting the finish that was like made sure, but no, I thought it was a pretty close fight. Their first fight because there was no wrestling like mm-hmm. Kamara proved he's a superior wrestler. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Yeah. This time around. Yeah. Right. As far as like, yeah, take that. Yeah. Yeah. And I and mean, it- like, you know, obviously Colby has given him the toughest, uh, test of his championship reign so everyone's gonna be like that it's gonna be like oh you know this is the guy that you know he's gonna always have a place in division or whatever but like bro move on like zone two against them there's other contenders like let's fucking move on from this saga can we yeah i think we are going to at least for now well that was ufc two six eight 
and it was fun and ex- it's so exciting. And then like, it's weird to even think like last week was Jan and Glover, you know, like, I know. and then this week is going to be a year and fucking Max Holloway. Like what the frick? So we got, we got, I mean, three at the very least, you know, at the very least, the headliners being great. But even this this next fight yeah. card coming up, it's got a lot, a lot some bangers on it. So, dude, from now to the rest of the year, we're set. Like the fights are awesome. At least yeah. looking at the main events, like they got us taken care of the rest of the year. I'm so I'm so pumped, dude. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be great. We got a lot of violence coming towards us, but it was great. Then let us now, Leo, take a quick break. And we're going to the forum. Yes. And we are back. Mm -hmm. Ladies and gentlemen, the forum starts now. And our first question is from great friend of the show, T-Cross. Let's hear what he has to say. What's up, y'all? Gaethje and Chandler just finished. Yeah, it was great. Yada, yada, yada. My favorite thing to do is criticize referees. What the fuck was Mike Beltran doing calling timeout while he's not standing in between the fucking fighters? How is Chandler supposed to see that you're calling timeout when you're 10 fucking feet away, you fucking cocksucker? <laughs> hey, that's a fair observation. Yeah. Fair as fuck. Uh, fair, 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 fair because... Like the fight, obviously. Yeah, fair because um because Gaethje was like, hey, what the fuck? Yeah. So. Yeah, no, that was that was a weird moment. I, I kind of didn't notice because I was like in the in the moment of the fight as well. So took it on T Cross for noticing that. It reminded me just now when I was playing it. So I didn't talk to him about this, but it reminded me so much what he said about it reminded me of a Seinfeld episode. I don't know if you ever saw this episode, because he was like, Gaethje Chandler, yeah, it was a great fight, violence, yada yada yada. Do you remember the yada 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 episode of Seinfeld? I don't. So there, like, it was one of those episodes where it was like focused on a very particular like quirk in society, or whatever. And it was where people were saying yada yada yada, and someone I don't know if they were talking how it came up in conversation, but um, someone yada yada sex or whatever, mm-hmm. um, or they were speculating whether or not because like someone was like, yeah, and then we had a good time and uh, we went home and you know yada yada yada, and 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 Elaine was like, well, I've yada yada sex before, and then she was like. Uh-huh. We went out, had a nice lobster bisque, yada yada yada. Sent him on his way, and and Jerry goes yada yada. The best part, she goes. No, I mentioned the bisque. Oh wow! I mean, listen, he noticed. Remember that he noticed that part. So he noticed yeah. the the Bel- Beltran part. So yeah, the, the, the Beltran. By the way, every ref deserves like criticism. Like for example, I think Herzog is one of the best refs today, especially mm-hmm. the way he like handled that Costa fight and like taking the points and the fucking everything. Caceres fight too. He fucked up in Anthony Smith versus Glover Teixeira. So like another one, like I think Mike Beltran is, is a, is a very good ref as well. He was the one that made that weird um, call just now. And probably because it was such a violent fight. Like he was just like, oh, okay, wait, hold on. Um, but yeah. yeah, you gotta, you gotta, Call him Catch those things. It. You gotta call like you yeah. see it. So thank you, T Cross. He's in this other one, dude. <laughs> I can't wait to play this message. Patty the baddie, more like Patty the pits. <laughs> Did you see that shit? 
not that hot inside the garden. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> 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 oh, Patty the Pooch. Bro, that message is 33 seconds long and it could have literally been five seconds. So pleased with himself. 25 seconds of him laughing. (laughs) But it was a very, very infectious laugh. Uh, Dude, we were texting about this because I missed it. And he was like, did you fucking see that? We found a picture. I'm going to throw it up for the patrons uh, here. Uh, (laughs) I don't know if you can see. Can you see that through the camera? Look at that. Look at those pit stains. It looks yeah, like a shadow. That's his. That's those. Those are pit stains. Yeah, sweat. Literally, like when he said that, I was like, "What?" I I put it. I just literally threw up into the the search on Twitter. I I typed in like Patty's pit stains or Patty Pimblet pit stains. Fifty tweets about it. Like <laughs> everyone was talking about it too fast. And and to his point, yeah, it's not that hot in the garden. I've been there a couple of times. <laughs> okay. Um. But we were texting. And I was like, Patty Pitlip? That's a good one. Uh, anyway, next um, next question here is from Rhino. Take it away, Rhino. Hey, Juice and Lee. It's a big homie, Rhino, from the Combat Sports of Rhino podcast. So UFC 268 was a fucking banger from start to finish. I got asked this on my show, and I would love to hear your guys' response to the same question. There were so many great moments to choose from. What were you two guys' favorite moments from last night? Mine was clearly Huggy Bear's spinning kick to John Vellante's head. I loved it, but it was a great car top to bottom. I would love to hear your guys' uh, favorite parts from last night's job, UFC 268. Take care. Dude, gonna give a shout out to Rhino. Just had his 100th episode. It's a big milestone. We are, it's, it's, I I mentioned it when we were kind of at one point when I thought we were like near there because I've been doing the show for two and a half years Mm -hmm. and I haven't missed a while. I took a break for a couple months, but other than that, like I haven't really missed a ton of episodes. I've done like bonus episodes and stuff that isn't like numbered. And then I stopped and then we started this show. So like we, I never got to 100 episodes of FWM and we're obviously, this is episode 37. Um, even though I've done a total of 126 episodes mm-hmm. um, under this banner. Uh, but uh, it was a really awesome episode. Um, right now I, I literally listened to it before we recorded and um Got me a little, uh, got me a little in the feels. Really happy for you, buddy. Um, yeah. Great moment from UFC 268. Honestly, for me, it's the Huggy Bear as KO as well. But more importantly, it was the interview. Like obviously, like I knew he could do that stuff, and and I was glad that he actually pulled it off in the UFC and it, it led to the finish. Mm-hmm. And that was awesome. But the culmination, like I said, watching it, the KO sent me over the edge. Like, or, like, or you know, sent me, sent me in. Not to me or this set me into like the stratosphere of being happy. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh my god, I'm so ha- like so happy for him. The post fight interview, bringing in John Volante and saying he's with me now or whatever. Yeah, he rides with me. Yeah, that sent me over the edge, dude. I was so emotional. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, I think for me, um, I really enjoyed watching uh, Colby and Kamaru squash the beef and Dan Margarita telling them to kiss later. 
<laughs> yeah, fucking Big Dan. There was one point where they were like, I don't know if it was like between the third and the fourth or the fourth and fifth. It was like kind of like later into the fight, but it wasn't the end. It was like in between rounds when they were like, looked like they were about to like not break away at their round. And Big Dan was just laughing. He was like, get a fucking like, Big Dan is huge. Like, I'm a fucking big guy. I've been behind Big Dan at, at the grocery store. I've talked about this. He lives in my area. He's oh, a I fucking really, huge yeah. guy. I really just want that soundbite of you saying I've been behind Dan Mercliata. Mm. I mean, because it's true. I mean, T-Cross knows him. Did I tell you that? Uh, yes, I think you did. I don't know if I, don't know if I said it on the podcast, but they like, he knows him for sure. That's awesome. um, Yeah, no, I mean, that was probably, like I said, them, uh, Colby and, um, and Kamaru, um, squashing the beef. Also, what's been, what's been making the rounds of, uh, uh, Francis Ngannou just fucking ice cold, not looking at fucking, uh, Cyril Gan is so funny. And the cameraman's like fucking like WWE, like looking at Cyril Gan's expression, like, dude, first of all, like people were posting that clip and like breaking it down, like, oh, First of all, Cyril's with his coach, Fernand. That's why he's there. There's like some sort of beef there. Like Francis didn't want to engage that guy. Also, mm. they're fighting. Like that's, I don't know if they have a date yet, but that's for sure his next opponent. Like mm. he didn't have shit to say to him. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, a lot of people think it's shade or, or like at the end of the day, I thought it was just a very interesting um like exchange that everyone seems to be hyping up yeah. uh uh but like, we'll, we'll keep going with the the forum yeah now that thank you thank you ryan that was a great question honestly like so many great moments like i said the nasardini malvoff edmund shabazian fight on any other card that didn't have justin gaethje and michael chandler that's that's fight of the night written all over it what what happened there that was insane and then and then you have uh the fucking Pareda knockout, the fucking Bobby Green knockout, and you have a fucking war between Gaethje and Chandler, which honestly could have been stopped at certain points. Mm-hmm. Like it was unreal. Yeah. Unreal. Yeah. The whole card was like, even, even the, the, some of the earlier fights that were kind of snoozers, I think they just sort of paled in comparison. Like I think they were just okay. They weren't bad. They were just, they're pretty, you know, they're pretty good. Mm hmm. Got to make sure I get to everybody. Oh, we got a voicemail from Phil, and uh, we got an e- email from your boy Dave Vale. Can't wait to get All to right. that. Let me bring up the voicemail from Phil, and I love the fucking transcripts, dude. I got to read this real quick. It always makes me laugh. It says "filthy anime dude." That one's come up a few times. I definitely read read it before, but it always makes me laugh. It's like, "Hey, Jason Leo, this is filthy anime dude." <laughs> uh, all right, here we go with. Phil's voicemail. Hey, Juice and Leo. This is Phil the Anime Dude from the Split Decision Podcast. Okay, here's my question for this week. I want to talk about Bobby Green. Bobby Green got an incredible stoppage against Ally Kinta. I was extremely impressed. And uh, my question for you guys is simple. It's a two-part question. First of all, who would you like to see Bobby Green fight next? And second of all, what is Bobby feeling? Because I think, I know he's a little bit older, but I think he's a fascinating fascinating talent okay keep up the good work guys thanks so much take care i i really love this question actually because i i love bobby green like i said i've 
been a fan of him since uh, I saw him on Bully Beatdown. So he's really one of the first MMA fighters I got introduced to. And uh, I'm just big fan of his personality and his style. I think what's next for him, and and you're right, it's, it's a bit of an interesting question to say, like, what's his ceiling? Because he is in the latter part of his career. And, you know, he his, his age is getting up there. He also went three rounds with a young, like, sharp Rafael Faziev and was boxing him up in the third round of that fight. So th- there's a lot of positives that you can still glean from, from Bobby Green's performances. I'd love to see him versus Jim Miller. I don't think they've ever fought, and which is crazy because they've both been around for so long. But let me see. Yeah, I'm looking at the rankings right now, and it looks like um... – I don't know. I really don't know who could, who I don't want to give him to someone too high. And then you just said he fought Ruff, uh, Rafael Faziev. Oh, they had a canceled bout. They were supposed to fight in February of this year. Who was Bob, Bobby Green and uh, Jim Miller? Because Tapology will, uh, will give you the, um... oh, we lost to Dracar Close, dude. Fuck Dracar Close. Um, he had those two fights with Lando Venata, Dustin Poirier. Oh, he's really been around the block, huh? Has he wow, they had a he had another cancel fight with Jim Miller in 2014. Has he fought Tiago? They got to fucking fight. They got to fucking make this fight. He has fought Tiago Moises. That was in uh, uh, October. That was Halloween 2020. It's almost exactly a year ago, like a little bit more than a year ago. He lost to Tiago Moises. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we got I mean, Sarukian up he did there. Did a rematch? Oh, not the Sarukian fight, dude. You don't talk about WrestleFuck. Like, what Ryan thought would happen? That's definitely going to be a wrestle. Oh, the guy that Sarukian just beat, Christos Yagos. That's a fun fight for Bobby Green. That's a great fight, actually. And yeah. it's another young guy to test himself. And that's probably what they'll give him, like something like that. Like I said, I'm a, I would love to see the Jim Miller fight. There's history there. Two canceled fights, one dating back to 2014, which I just learned. <laughs> but yeah. like a historian. Um, yeah. That's my that's and my what answer. was his uh, what was his second question? Well, he's just like, what's his ceiling and what, what who want to see him fight next? We got it, yeah, yeah. So that's kind of as far as his ceiling, like that's another thing, too. Like the 155 is a really deep division, regardless of what people people like to. It's a hot thing in MMA Twitter right now to like argue, like which is more deep, featherweight, lightweight, or bantamweight. And like for, for years, it's been lightweight, and people keep perpetuating that, and it's like just because there's other divisions that have now gotten stronger that are maybe slightly more stacked does not mean lightweight is still stacked. It isn't stacked. Yeah. I know um, it's stacked. Like he's, it's so deep. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's so deep um, and stacked. Yeah. I honestly, because of what, like where he is in his career and things like that, he, he'll be lucky to, to, to get like into the top 10. And then, like that is doable, I think, but it depends on the right matchups. I do, so I, I do have to, have to that. See. Yeah. Um, but great question, Phil. And this is another great question from the homie Dave L, uh, one of our patrons. Um, so shout out to him, who's second place right now in the um, in the f- friendly sparring fight pick uh, league that we got going on right now. Um, he he was tied for first last week, and now he's second place, neck and neck. Um, fucking A. So here's his question. He says, What do you enjoy more, 
a dominant champion winning and demonstrating continued excellence or a chaotic title picture in which the belt keeps changing hands? Dave L with a good question. That's a really good question that really I think question. every podcast should answer because it's a, it's, it's like, it is a preference. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and for me, the answer is yes. <laughs> like it's, it's, it's always changing because like you get to a point, like I hate when, I hate when a new champion acts like they're a dominant champion. You know what I mean? Yes. Or, I do or, hate or, that. Or, or fans act that way. Like, like I the fact that, that like Zhang Wei Li got a rematch and people were like, yeah, that's deserved. No, dude, it's not. And like I said, she proved that she it was warranted based on the talent, like based on that second fight. But as far as like what you've earned, what like meant, no, like she had the one fight with Joanna. That was her only defense. That's it, dude. You do not get, you know what I mean? Like Jan, as much as we love Jan, wholesome dude, Polish power, bracelet rope from the fucking suicide train. One title defense, like yeah, yeah. I I, I like, like chaotic I like pictures. maybe like I like chaotic three pictures. or four title reigns where you're like, oh, this is dominant champion. Then someone else comes in. I like I'll, I do like to change it up, but when it's like when the, when the belt plays hot potato, you kind of have to be like, all right, dude, let's let's land on somebody. Yeah, but at the same time, uh, I, I I don't know. I like the I like the competitive nature of it. Um, and the fact that, that this is a division, um, this era of UFC, um, you know, hasn't really had domination since, uh, DJ left. Um, you know, I mean, Kamara's up there now, uh, or get starting to get up there. Um, but we just haven't had a, had a incredible domination of, a of a, of a belt. So that's, what's been kind of nice. Um. I, I don't know. I, I like, I like the chaotic nature of it because it's just like these young hungry people that keep coming up and they keep fighting for King of the Hill and you know, who's going to be at the top of the hill is Yuri Prohaska. Yeah. In the welterweight division. No, in all divisions. Dude, that fucking interview with Ariel. I'm so glad you listened to it. Cause you don't really listen to a lot of interviews and stuff. No, dude, he's so gangster. He hits, he if went you guys haven't seen, off on rockets, I told, dude. Did I haven't told I, I told you guys on the podcast and I'm sure everyone's seen the video of him hitting the tree. We um, talked about it with, with the, the padding on it. Yeah, on the yeah, but then he said he hits that 500 times a day, and then he's yeah. just so gangster. He just when he just said like, "No, this is how I have to train. If I'm a warrior, this is how I have to train." I was like, "This is the gangsterest shit I've ever heard in my life." His mentality is he's so focused on it too. Like he's so sure. He's like, "Doesn't everybody like? <laughs> Don't doesn't everybody hit a tree with?" With pads on it, it's funny too. Like like Tony Ferguson does all that weird shit too, and he but he like he's almost like not necessarily like he's doing it for attention, but sometimes it feels like he's like yeah, I'm that guy that is that like he knows what he is. He's like yeah, look at me doing the weird shit. Yuri's like, what do you mean? It's what are you shit. not a warrior that also lives and trains in the forest? Like <laughs> like dude. And then when when, you, when fucking Ariel was like that motherfucker racket was like, uh, ask him why. He declined the fight with me. Mm-hmm. He was like, what? He said this? Thing? He was like hurt. He was like, yeah. why would he He's say like, this? Wow. I talked to my manager today and he said, we have not been out for any fights. No, he's a trash. UFC, yeah, UFC said. He's a he's liar. Trash. He's a liar. He's insane. And then he was just like, yeah, no, he's not worried. He's trash. Oh, yeah. so, oh, true. Like, so gangster, God, dude. Yuri. And he's just, and, and like, Yuri just kept saying, you know, I'm just, 
we can talk, but I'm disappointed. I'm like, yeah, Yuri, fucking taking the high road. I love the fucking 500, 500 strike high road. And then, dude, the most, no, the most gangster shit he said in that thing was, he said, why, you know, I was like, why do you do that? Why do you hit the tree? He was like, well, because I have to be able to hit through my opponent's bodies. Hit through them. (laughs) Hit through his opponent, through his opponent's bodies. Ladies and gentlemen. Oh boy. That now Man. I'm just literally imagining, you know how in the water boy, when Adam Sandler's about to tackle someone and he, he pictures someone he hates and it changed, like, <laughs> I picture Yuri and his opponents, it changes the tree. Yeah, he's just like, he's like, I, the mission is clear now. Yeah, hit through the tree. Dude, I'm, it's gangster warrior shit. It really is. Hit through the tree. That's what it should be. Fucking forest realm and hit through the tree. You just remind me of a funny story that I should tell in the podcast from college that I, I don't know if like it'll be as funny to everyone else as it was to us in the moment so um we uh this is uh my like fourth semester i think we had this guy who is like a fucking space cadet like in our class who would always be like just like another one like kind of like where i said like tony ferguson almost like you you wonder if they're doing it for attention like sometimes he generally was that like one time he was he was like hanging out at our dorm took him five minutes to remember the word popsicle like I came into the room with like holding a popsicle and he's like, Oh, that's a nice. Uh, took him five minutes to remember the word popsicle. Um, but the, we had this class called PED, which stood for professional ethics and dance. It was like a dance class for, for non-dancers. Like we were in the acting department where we don't have to like learn that, but they're like, you need to once at least one class of it. So take this class. Apparently he was walking to class with his roommate who was also in the class and then Kenny goes, oh, what if a tree did ped? And they were like talking about it. It was going to the budget. People quoted that. They were like giggling about it, like kind of like, yeah, what if a tree did ped? Oh. The fucking teacher here goes, honey, I've seen trees do ped. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, she was crazy too. Double space cadets. Double space cadets. Oh, it was crazy. It was crazy dogs. It was crazy dogs. <laughs> Try to beat me to it. Um, let me just make sure I got all the questions because I'm pretty sure that's literally it. The voice won't fail. Yeah, yeah, dude, that's kind of it. Let me just double check the Twitter forum, see if I didn't get any DMs. Nope, nope, literally no one else contributing here. Let's check the forum. Oh, the tweet is oh so empty. That's okay. We're Sounding here. super petty, but I'm not. I'm actually kind of grateful because it means my night is going to end in a reasonable hour <laughs> yeah but also you're also petty too so let's keep going yeah. keep going what do you mean go- oh well obviously there's more show um i was like keep going for questions what do you mean we're literally out of questions we're out of questions um, we're not out of questions that's what i'm saying there's no twitter questions oh zero twitter questions. that's my whole thing that's like there's no, there's one response to the twitter form and someone asking about the cutoff like that's <laughs> not even that's, that's what i'm saying well that's okay because guess what we're going to talk about real quick. It's really important for me to talk about this and for you to talk about this. Fight news. We'll talk about it for a second so we can we can pay our homage. Roxanne Martiferi. Oh, dude. Has announced her final fight next year. King Casey O'Neill. Sucks because 50th, I really like King Casey. 50th fight. 50th, ladies and gentlemen, to the happy warrior. 
it's uh bittersweet it's gonna, be, it's gonna be a tough time for juice that night it's gonna he's gonna have a tough time not gonna lie honestly i don't think it's gonna be a tough time because it's kind of on her own terms. Oh, oh, I don't know, dude. I, I think the so, so the second the fight's over and she gets on the microphone, I have a feeling you're gonna. Oh, I'm gonna be a mess, but it's not gonna be like hard. It's just because that's the kind of person I am. Like, it, it just feels like, like I said, she's doing it on her own terms, and it's, you know, this is gonna be her fiftieth. By the way, it should be noted, like it's very important to Roxy to count the tough fights, the Ultimate Fighter fights, yeah. into that. Her professional mma record as it stands is like 46 fights i think or whatever whatever or there will be 46 maybe mm-hmm. um in her mind and in, in my mind too but just not the way the records work it's her 50th fight yeah um so yeah and, and honestly like i'm glad that it's against king casey i mean she's a legit prospect and it's going to be a tough fight for roxy i think she can win but otherwise i'm glad that it's someone i like like yeah because sometimes like with Roxy's opponents, like, I don't know, like, like when she was matched up against Tatiana, like, uh, like people were starting to talk. I was like, well, guess I got to hate Tatiana now, which is like, that's just how my fucking brain works. Like, I like Tatiana and like, same thing with Alex Pereira. Like this is this fucking exciting striker knocks people the fuck out. And everyone's like thinking he's going to be a threat for Izzy. And I'm like, nope, got to get my guard up. But uh, I really like King Casey, and I'm, I'm going to stay that way because I, I think they're going to be super respectful. Like she's not going to pull some Macy Barber shit and air the DMs. Yeah, uh, I guess we're just going to have to wait and see. But it, you know, that's going to be um, a good fight. And then also one last thing before we uh, kind of go to the next um, the fights next week. Uh, yeah, fuck Greg Hardy. Anyway, let's. Uh... <laughs> yeah, fuck Greg Hardy. Is this fight this week? When is he? No, no, it's next year. It's it's all. Oh, okay, good. It's on the fucking Francis and Ganu Sirogan card. That's happening here in LA. I'm pissed about it. You mean Anaheim? Who cares? Well, that's hey. Close enough. I mean, it's uh, okay. Close enough. Close enough. Close enough. No, but okay. Well, in Anaheim, whatever. Anyway, regardless, <laughs> I can go to it and I should, should sneak in. I should sneak in. You should. Just to do the ultimate fuck Greg Hardy. <laughs> yeah. Hey, the ultimate fuck Greg Hardy. Uh, the homie Chelsea Diesel's going. I really wanted to go. It's my hometown. It's the fucking, I think it's the same city where the fucking Angels play. Oh, mm-hmm. dude, I fucking want to go so badly. It's expensive. It's expensive. And it's also the heavyweight fight. It's not like, and it's also Saragon and, you know. Oh, yeah, it's, it's going to be so expensive. Yeah, so expensive. But also, you know, we have to keep in mind it's so expensive because Greg Hardy's on the card. I hate you. I'm so mad he's on the main card. I'm so yeah, mad so about mad. it. I'm so he doesn't mad deserve about it. it. Especially because he just got knocked the fuck out. Yeah. Where's Tai Tuvasa? Like, what the hell's happening? They better give Tai Tuvasa because there's the ones that, like, they let Tai Tuvasa headline a fight night in his in his home country at the Adelaide fight night with Wood Junior Dos Santos. Mm-hmm. Like they better get Ty back on that fucking track that they had him on. Like they better get that motherfucker. They better fucking hold a parade for him. Stupid. All right. Well, we're now going to yeah. talk about the, uh, the main card for our next UFC fight night, which we were very excited about for the, for the, um, the main event, but let's talk about our opening main fight or our main card fight. You think we're gonna uh, keep our streak going of um, agreeing? 
Maybe we'll see. I mean, our first like a lot of our is, picks for the main card have been the same. Our first fight we have is uh, Song Yadong. Or Yadong Song. And yeah, and I, I'm going to go with Song. I'm going to go with Julio. Okay, it looks like we're not agreeing at all. Super pessimistic about it. I was just yeah, well, okay. Night. Roman Delize and Kyle Dawkins. Oh, uh, Roman Delize. Kyle Dawkins. Oh, what? You know, I got to be honest. Like, Other than the fact that I, he's impressed me lately, Roman Delize, I'm legit mostly just like picking him because he's from Georgia. Mm-hmm. And I recently... Um, uh, met a new homie on on MMA Twitter who is not Georgian but lives in Georgia. I shout see. to shout to Blaze, shout to Jasmine, she's awesome. But yeah, Roman Delize. Also, the fucking dude. I always remember this. Uh, the homie uh, Jessica Napic <laughs> made this tweet the last time he fought <laughs> and put up a picture of him and was like, "Welcome to another edition of Is Roman Delize hot or is he kind of gross?" <laughs> Oh, that's like, right. Uh, I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. I get I get the argument. It's, it's both. It really is both. Like on the one hand, you're like, oh, he's yeah, he's oh well, he's oh like no, he, no. like simultaneously, like at the same time in the same breath, you're like, oh he's not oh he's not oh it's maybe weird. no no that's weird. Uh all right, our next fight we have is uh Felicia Spencer versus uh Leah Letson. Uh Felicia all day. Yeah, I got Felicia on that one okay, too. Good. Good. And then uh, our co-main event of the evening is Ben Rothwell versus Mar- Marcos. Rogerio Rogier- de Lima. Rogerio de Lima. Um, Marcos. Really? You know what? Yeah. It's, it's interesting. Ben Rothwell for a while was like one of my favorites. And then sometimes like, in, like Rhino really doesn't like him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like always will pick against him. Um and I, sometimes I try to be like in solidarity, like, yeah, Ben Rothwell. But sometimes I remember like, I just like him and I can't help it. Like, I just, well, like I guess him. you're picking him then. Yeah, I am. That's what I'm telling you. I also, I'm not a big fan of Marcos or Jero Delima. That's the other thing. Okay. Well, I got Marcos in this one. Okay. And we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. And of course the main event guaranteed Dude, violence, ladies and gentlemen, this I know we're agreeing on. Like, I don't even have to like, I don't Max have Holloway. To yeah. You're Rodriguez. Guys. Maxi you know what we're baby. going for? We're going for the best. And the, the best, best is blessed. Is blessed, ladies and gentlemen. Yes. Max Holloway coming back into there, into the fucking octagon. I'm so excited. Hasn't been oh. in the octagon since he fucking took Calvin Cater to fucking school. And, and he's going to take Yair to school, Literally too. brought a school back to the octagon with some books in it. It was like, here... You need to fucking do some research before you can oh, fight dude, me, be you so motherfucker. If any fighter <laughs> ever did that and won and had a backpack with their coach and like fucking hated the other fighter, it was like at the end of the fight, just threw him a backpack and was just like, threw uh, at their feet. Yeah. Okay. Go back to the fucking drawing board. Oh, shit. You're my son now. There's a lunch in there. I'll pick you up at yeah. five. You piece of shit. a brown paper bag with a fucking peanut butter and jelly sandwich and i didn't cut the cross off because fuck you yeah and i just won anyway yeah that'd be fucking sick as fuck uh yeah max holloway all the way baby i cannot wait i don't think any there's no one that's not excited about this fight i think everybody's like this was supposed to take place on my birthday dude. so long ago so so here's hoping we're getting to the week you know uh we had two spectacular cards back to back um you know, emotions on both cards. So here's hoping that this one 
delivers as well. Uh, let me see if there's any, I mean, that I would know. Kennedy uh, is starting the preliminary. Right? Kennedy uh, Unchuku. Unchuku. Kennedy Unchuku, yeah. The Unjog is starting. Uh, Mark JKZ. Okay. That's going to be a fun fight. Mark JKZ versus uh, Rafael Alves. Courtney Casey versus Leona Jojua, another Georgian. Leona's hot, dude. Yeah. Um, Sean Woodson, the weirdest body of all time, versus Colin. <laughs> dude, see, tell me I'm wrong. Like, Sean no. Woodson body's like, dude, what the fuck? Diago Moises and Joel as well. Okay. Oh, Cynthia Cavill and KGB Lee. That's going to be a fucking nice scrap, dude. Yeah, man. So much, so many good fights for I'm next already, week. I'm already looking forward to it. Yeah, I'm already hard. All right. Let's, uh, <laughs> Yeah, I'm I'm stoked. I can't wait. I can I cannot wait right. for for that that card. Um, well, ladies and gentlemen, you can follow me at leogh two one one three on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, and before we go any further, I'm gonna say don't. shout out to our patrons. And not just that, I want to I want to do a recap of the fight pick league. Let everyone know oh, what yeah, they're yeah. missing. If you want to get in on the action, not just to to join the fight pick league, even though it's kind of late and there's not that much time left. Um, <laughs> you can uh, go over to Patreon.com/slash Friendly Sparring, and uh, you can find uh, everything that's going on here. Video podcast, you can see mine and Leo's uh, painfully mediocre faces. Well, Leo's pretty 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 hot i'm not mine has a nice scar on it now yeah, so nice yeah check out that a little scar. bit of a point check out the monkey bit in the beginning um but um oh that's right i can't fucking minimize so here is the recap of the of the fight pick league for this week so week two callum had 85 points and uh a reminder for anyone that doesn't know it's five points for getting the winner correctly and another 10 points for guessing the method correctly like like fighter x via ko sub decision so a total of 15 possible points per fight Callum came out at 85 david everett leading the charge with 115 points uh jimmy the drunk uh right behind him at 100 sandy at 90 tricky dick also got 100 our girl filthy 85 pamela 65 leo got 80 this week an improvement from last week and uh and your boy dave l just just ahead of you at 90 but the overall standings um because because da- both the days david everett and dave l were, were neck and neck last week so david Everett's in, in, in the lead with 295 dave l 270 jimmy the drunk and tricky dick are tied at 250 callum at 235 sandy at 225 filthy at 220 leo and pamela are tied at 140 and t cross who didn't get his uh picks in this week is is a 90 because that's what he had last week and we're gonna shout out the patrons shout them out oh here's what i wanted to say i wanted to i wanted to let everyone know uh we kind of buried the lead on this one i wanted to let everyone know the prize because i don't think we've said that yet right no we decided that the the winner basically the, the five big leagues going on from now until the end of the year or well last week was the first week to the end of the year so there's what five cards left i think this week and then the ones in december or mm-hmm. the couple there's a couple of november a couple of december like five more cards basically at the end we're going to tally the points obviously there's going to be a winner if it's a tie this is going to be tough actually i hope i hope now we'll kind of cry off the cross the bridge if we come to it maybe not actually so the winner we decided for our year-end show, 
uh, where we do our like uh, MMA awards for the year, like KO of the year, whatever kind of year end wrap up, we're going to invite the winner on as a guest. So you're going to get to shoot the shit with us, give out your awards for the year. And um, honestly, I would love to have any one of them on. So I think it's going to be an awesome fucking prize. I decided if Leo wins, uh, he gets to pick. And we didn't talk about this, but I'm wondering if we should almost like make a bet where like we can reverse it. So like if Leo wins, uh, he can pick whatever alcohol uh, for me to do. And I'll do like five shots of it or like chug a beer, whatever. I love it. I love Chug something on air, obviously. Or... I'm thinking if you come in last place, Leo. Oh no! Do I get to pick something for you? Oh uh, well, I guess you can. I mean, I'm pretty bad at this, so yeah, that's fine. I don't care. I'll do it. We'll see. We'll see. We'll there's, see. There's time. There's time. We'll see. There, there's time for me last. to win, but also I'm definitely gonna lose. So. <laughs> what if we had, dude? What if we had the winner and the loser? Like, if the loser isn't you, that that's a little like I don't want to say the loser, but whoever came in last place, right? Um, hmm. We got to think on that, but yeah, I mean, like I said, it's fine. Yeah, I'll I'll take that bet, whatever it is, whatever we think of. Yeah, whatever you think of. And uh, I announced, I I posted this on the Patreon. Some people may have missed it. Um, We're going to do a Secret Santa. Great. For anyone that wants to participate, obviously, like it's not a required thing. Yeah. But you know, some people want to. I think it'll be fun. Yeah. With that, Leo, let's properly shout at the patrons. Yes. Thank you very much to Callum, APB, Sandy, Alex from Jersey, T Cross, Filthy Casual, Fee, Dave L, Phil the MMA Dude, Jimmy the Drunk, Tricky Dick, Mixed a Man, Anonymous, David Everett, and Wholesome MMA. Thank you all. Thank you very much for supporting this podcast. And thank you all for listening. We will see you all next week.